Star Wars Something by Summit episode 2658. In continuing our conversation about Ronin, the new novel by Emma Mieko Kandon, we're going to talk about novels that don't take place in the canon timeline and how this particular novel is different and why that's important for us as we get new Star Wars stories going forward. Punch it! Hey Rebel Razor, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy. And thank you so much for joining me for it. So, Star Wars Ronin or Star Wars Visions, colon, Ronin or Ronin, colon, a Star Wars Visions novel, however you want to lay it out, is the new novel just released on Tuesday by Emma Mieko Kandon. And it builds upon, if you're not familiar with it and you haven't been listening to <laughs> episodes of the show here recently, builds upon the world of The Duel, which is one of the animated shorts in Star Wars Visions that was released on Disney Plus last month. Now, we've talked about the fact that Visions, the animated series, is not officially canon, even though we had discussions here on the show about if you were to try to place it within the canon, where would you place it, right? That sort of situation. And that was, you know, good fun and nice to hypothesize and whatnot. But the official directive that the various anime studios got for creating their Visions animated shorts was, don't worry about that, just tell a great story. And that's what we get with the Ronin novel as well, of course. But it feels a little bit different this time. And when I say this time, that of course implies that there was a last time. <laughs> and there was with the expanded universe, but you could even parse that point a little finer as well. Even in the old expanded universe, they released things like Star Wars Infinities that we talked about back in August, which is basically the equivalent of a what-if series for Star Wars. And so not everything being published during that very fertile period of the expanded universe was intended to be canon. And those things mostly that were being published in that time were supposed to be canon to some degree. I mean, they even had that whole tier system of G canon, which was, you know, the George Lucas canon. If it came from him, it was canon and then you know, divided down into the books, into the comics and all this other stuff. But over time, of course, it got a bit unwieldy and things started to conflict and contradict and retcons had to happen and it got messy. And yeah, never mind that George Lucas famously said continuity is for wimps. <laughs> At some point, you kind of want everything to make sense and be a cohesive whole. And so, yes, we get a rebooting of the canon and we start from scratch, but not really. Not entirely, at least. Way back in 2018, when I interviewed Jason Fry, who's the author of many Star Wars fiction and nonfiction books, one of the things that he mentioned, and I'm paraphrasing here, he talked about the infrastructure canon, which is basically the idea that there's a lot of information about the Star Wars galaxy that is not going to change regardless of the fact that they rebooted the canon, right? The particular thing that he referred to at the time was saying, I need the uh, name of a certain part for a TIE fighter. And the response he got from the folks at Lucasfilm is, yeah, just use the same thing that it was. Like, there's a lot of stuff that we built from the ground up that just isn't going away. It's going to undergird everything that we're doing. It's just, you know, broader narratives and story arcs that are changing, basically. 
However, there's even <laughs> another thing about that too, because as various people have said at Lucasfilm, the legend storytelling exists as a well for new storytellers to draw upon. And so things that were in legends are being recanonized from time to time, which is why maybe it's a little confusing that we have the essential legends collection that's been released. We've had two separate drops for that, right? One of them was with the Heir to the Empire novel by Timothy Zahn and the first of the Darth Bane novels by Drew Karpishian and Shatterpoint by Matthew Stover. And then the second drop finished off the Thrawn trilogy with Dark Force Rising and The Last Command, gave us the second novel in the Darth Bane trilogy, and also gave us Rogue Squadron, the first novel in that four novel series by Michael Stackpole. It just makes the mind wonder, at least it made mine wonder and still <laughs> does from time to time, if they've rebooted the canon, then why are they making a big deal about these essential Legends collection novels when they are not going to be reintroduced back into the canon? At least it seems like they couldn't possibly be. Certainly the Thrawn trilogy, more than any of these, seems like, yeah, there's just no way that could become canon again whatsoever. But you kind of have to let go of that idea because as they've talked about in the past when Legends was, or when the old EU was rebranded as Legends, they said, yeah, this stuff still sells and people still like these stories. And so, yeah, we're gonna keep selling them. And then it turns out that certain ones, of course, are more popular than others. And so they're gonna repackage them in these nice trade paper format things, uh, trade paperback format things, excuse me, and give it a fancy new name and sell it all over again. But this is where Ronin is different. Ronin really is more akin to the Star Wars Infinities kind of storytelling, the what if kind of storytelling. And it differs from Legends because Legends deals with characters with which we are already familiar, right? So even if you had never read any of these Legends books, Thrawn may be familiar to you not just from the new canon books, but also from Star Wars Rebels. Darth Bane showed up in The Clone Wars, and of course Mace Windu, <laughs> you know, Mace Windu is Mace Windu. And Rogue Squadron centers on Wedge Antilles and Admiral Akbar. and even though he's not a character that we've met before, he's related to a character with whom we're familiar, Gavin Darklighter, who's a cousin of Biggs Darklighter, Luke's best friend from Tatooine. By contrast, Ronan does not have any familiar characters to us. Everybody in here is brand new, even though there are some things that conceptually we have kind of baked into our bloodstreams, right? Like the notion of a Jedi or the notion of the Sith or the notion of an empire, whatever that may be. And there's infrastructure canon type stuff because various species are mentioned with which we're already familiar and things like hyperdrives and kyber crystals and lightsabers are already out there. But otherwise, it's entirely a thing apart from any other Star Wars storytelling. And I know that I said earlier that it feels like it's more on the wavelength of Star Wars Infinities in the sense that it is an alternate universe sort of thing, but it even goes beyond that because Star Wars Infinities was pitched directly as a what-if situation, and yet it also featured characters with whom we were readily familiar because it was based on the events of the original trilogy, the characters of the original trilogy, the situation surrounding it. I think you probably get where I'm going with that. Whereas Ronin is a thing entirely unto itself. And you could certainly make the argument, you could make the case that 
Putting out all of these animated shorts is a much bigger endeavor than just releasing one novel. Certainly the number of people employed in the endeavor is definitely much larger than the number of people employed to get a novel out into the world. But in the end, those animated shorts are just that. They're short stories. And the fact that Lucasfilm saw fit to open up that canvas to explore one of the worlds that was initially created for these animated shorts to hand the keys to Emma and let them do the kind of world building necessary to create a novel like Ronin. Well, I think that's a really exciting development for Star Wars storytelling and I hope it bodes well for what is to come down the line. And so there you go. That's my meditation on legend storytelling and what if storytelling and how Ronin fits into that tradition in history or doesn't in the case and how it might bode well for Star Wars storytelling in the future. And that is going to do it for this episode of the show as well. It just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for it as always. And may the force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Star Wars 7x7 is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited by their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2021 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.